Impact, income, and influence. Do you want the most powerful, actionable takeaways from today's episode? Go to actionbullets.com to grab the quick, easy-to-read takeaways that will help you change your life and grow your business. Or you can click the Action Bullets link in the description below. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show for entrepreneurs looking to reach millions of people, make millions of dollars, and impact the world. Today, I'm talking with Lori, and she is a digital nomad near and dear to my heart because anyone who knows the show, anyone who follows me knows that I have been living in Airbnbs for five years. I love traveling. I love seeing the world. I love entrepreneurship. I love building businesses. Lori works as a business coach coach specifically with people looking to be digital nomads. If that's your dream, this is the show you're going to want to listen to. Lori, how are you doing today? I am doing great. So, so excited to be here with you. <laughs> awesome. So I had this dream that you were going to show up and be on a sailboat or like, I don't know, <laughs> riding a Tesla through outer space. Instead, you're in Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, sometimes you do have to go back back home uh, and visit the family. So that's, that's what we've been doing. <laughs> you know, that's okay. But the, the really important thing here is that you have freedom, right? The number one driver for entrepreneurs is they want to be free. They want to be able to go with, go where they want, do what they want, build the business they want. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that, that's exactly it. Whether we're in Wisconsin, whether we're in the Caribbean, whether we're you know, in Fiji, it doesn't matter because as long as I have internet, I can can do my job literally from anywhere, um, including said right now I'm at my in-laws house. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I mean, that, it's OK. That's real life. So talk to me a little bit like this wasn't always like that. Like five, six years ago is when you got started. You left your corporate job which is the same thing that I did. I was in corporate for seven years. I was like, there is no way I can keep doing this. <laughs> you left your corporate job and you were like, we're going to become digital nomads and we're going to build a business all at the same time. I want to know what that looks like because you're it was you and your husband, which that's yeah. a big step. It is. And he wasn't so easy to convince, I will tell you. that <laughs> He is not as much of a risk taker as I am. Um, but you know, I, I had known for a long time that I wanted to do more. I had started... Um, a business in the past with some friends, uh, but it wasn't really, you know, I was finding it wasn't really what I wanted. Um, and about six years ago, we took a month long vacation, had saved up all of my paid time off, you know, for like a year to take this trip, um, which is one of the main reasons I chose to leave is lack of vacation time. We went, we spent a month uh, abroad in Fiji and New Zealand. and came back to cold, dreary winter and asked myself, like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Uh, you know, we, for all intents and purposes, we were living what you call the American dream. You know, we had nice house, nice cars, good credit, you know, money and savings. We were doing good. Um, but we weren't happy with the life that we were living. And that's kind of what did it for me is just, I'm spending my time at a job that I don't hate, but I definitely don't love. I don't get to control when and where I travel. Um, you know, I'm building somebody else's dream and putting money in their wallet while I get a measly, if I'm lucky, you know, 4% raise every year in my salary. Um, woohoo! Yeah, woohoo! You know, you have very little control of how much you make, 
and the pace at which you grow. Um, so decided kind of screw this and uh, um, was watching a lot of House Hunters International, Caribbean life, travel shows, seeing people, you know, just take these leaps. I'm just like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. And at first we're like, okay, we're going to start this life in a year. Um, and three months later, we were in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> so we didn't wait a year. <laughs> so does your husband work in the business with you? Does he have his own business? What's that look like? Um, well, it has varied um, based on where we are for how long we are. He is um, not uh, as much of a lover of digital work as I am. He is more of a hands-on artsy kind of guy. Um, he designs furniture. So one of the businesses that we've started in the past was his business. Um, although he so graciously has kind of taken a break from his business so that we can travel more and be a little bit more remote based. So he just supports me however he can, um, you know, in our business uh, and uh, also just make sure that I do things like eat and sleep and, you know, take time off. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I think every, honestly, we could probably talk about relationships, like entrepreneurs <laughs> that are in relationships. I feel like in order for it to work, Alex Ramosi, mm -hmm. I think laid it out the best. He was like, either you're the football star and the cheerleader, or you're the running back and the fullback. And like, yep. <laughs> you, you go down the field and you have somebody, cause I I'm the same way. Like I will work 24 hours a day. I won't eat. I'll drink 18 cups of coffee till I'm shaking. And I'm like, why can't I do anything? Right. Um, yep. <laughs> you kind of need that person. That's like, and if you're both that like type a entrepreneur, I don't know that's yeah. really type a, but you, it just would not not be there. So you convinced him, which mm -hmm, first I off, did. I mean, I think going to Fiji probably helped. You're like, we could be on the beach right now, but instead we're in Wisconsin. What do you yeah, think? About that? And it's 30 below zero. <laughs> that, that probably wasn't the hardest sell. So you get yeah. there, you start yep. your business and spoiler alert, and you failed <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Talk to yep. us about what that looked like, because this is I have this conversation with clients or mm -hmm. people who are getting started all the time. I'm just, I'm, I'm getting started. Oh my goodness. It's so hard. Like I always tell people you would go to college for five years and then you would work for 10 years to get anywhere in corporate America. Why do you think entrepreneurship would be any different? But I'd love exactly. to hear your story. Like what happened? <laughs> so you moved to the Virgin Islands, yep. you sell your cars, you sell your home, you pack everything up, you go to the Virgin yep. Islands. What happens? Well, um, you know, I actually, we started the first business before we left, which was uh, my event planning company, which I do still have uh, um, as well, in addition to my business coaching. Um, and, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to be booking all of these weddings. It's just going to like fall in my lap. Um, and, you know, like two months in, then we started the furniture business, uh, um, which again, you know, you just think people are going to start coming to you. And I had been in sales and marketing for many years. So, you know, I know better than to think you build it and they will come. Um, that's not how it works. So, you know, the, the furniture business took off, I would say, a little bit better um, at the beginning. But we just, we didn't have that rhythm. We didn't have, you know, the formula that we needed to really go out and make the kind of money that we were making and used to making 
to support the lifestyle that we wanted. Now, you know, the first six months we were there, we survived, but we ate up a bunch of our savings. We ended up with credit card debt and not making what we needed to make in our, our businesses to make ends meet. And, you know, it was kind of like, okay, do we admit defeat and go back with you know, our tails between our legs or do we make this work? And we figured out, okay, how do we make it work? And um, unfortunately I ended up back in a nine to five. And the thing that so many people, when they come to me, they're just like, well, I never want to go back to the nine to five. And I try to tell my clients, like, I know how much you want to escape that, but if you don't do it the right way, trust me from experience, um, you're going to set yourself up to go back there. And it's not the end of the world. It really isn't because the thing is, is I never lost sight of the end goal. So I knew, okay, we need to go back, get some extra money so that we can build, build these businesses the way we want to. But I made pretty much every mistake under the sun when it came to marketing and sales, even though that was what my background was in, but because it was my own business and it was different than marketing somebody else's business. Um, so Let's after, oh, go ahead. Well, let's talk about that really quick, because this is something I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm a drug marketer at heart, right? Like I was lucky. I did the same thing, made all the mistakes and then found Dan Kennedy and Gary Helbert. And I was like, oh my goodness. But like we model, we tend to model like Coca-Cola and McDonald's, like the big marketing companies. Well, they're doing yep. brand awareness. They have a gazillion dollars, like literally a billion dollar <laughs> exactly. budget. And it's about how many people know our name. When you're getting started in business, that's not what it's about. There was, I yeah. consulted for a company in Las Vegas. Their budget, you'll get a kick out of this, was $5,000. They went and bought one billboard on Las Vegas Boulevard for $5,000. And they were like, why is nobody, they were trying to sell an, an event. Why is nobody buying our event? I was like, is that really a question? Like, so you, you made mistakes. What changed? Yep. When you came back, like I, first off, sometimes you have to go back and get a job. Yeah. I agree with you. I always tell people like, it's better to work your job and work your side hustle until mm -hmm. you've built up recover. Like I tell people you need to be making somewhere between 50 and 80% of your yearly revenue before you leave yeah. your job. I don't have those discussions much anymore. It's not my target demo, but when I did, mm -hmm. it's, it makes it because everyone's dream is I'm going to go live in in the Virgin Islands. I'm quitting my job. I'm going to start. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll work 20 hours a day. Well, sometimes that's not how it works. Like more often than not, it's not. Right. No. <laughs> how did the, I want to know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a few skeletons out of the closet. How did the discussions between you and your husband go? Because I think that could be really stressful. When I did it, I wasn't dating anyone. I wasn't married, but I can't imagine what that would have looked like to go from, I mean, I had a good salary. I was making over hundred K a year to, mm -hmm. to rent a room somewhere, cut my costs as much as I can. And like, I'm going to build a business. Yeah. I still, I still went broke. Um, I went through my 401k. I went through all my savings. Same, same thing. Ran up a bunch of credit card debt, but I was able, I, friends took me in. Um, I had friends who said, you can stay in our spare bedroom for six months. If you don't have it going by then you should probably go get a job. And I was being headhunted. Um, I had people that were like offering me jobs and I kept turning them down and I made it work, but what was your story like? And how was it with your husband? Um, you know, he's a very, um, play it safe kind of guy. So it was, it was a challenge, you know, like I said, he had his business. It was going well. 
you know, I would say that first year his business was doing a lot better than, than mine. Um, and again, we were both working on both businesses, but you know, his was, was doing better, but it was kind of like, okay, well, how do we make this work? How much, how much debt are we in? You know, how much are our monthly bills versus how much we're making? And, you know, I will, will say that he grounds me, you know, um, I'm a dreamer. He's a realist. Um, so that's kind of how our conversations usually go. I'm like, well, we could do this and we can do that. And he's like, but, uh, okay. Our credit card payments are, you know, over a thousand dollars a month and your business is not even bringing in 1500 a month right now. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like we, we are, we can't even buy groceries, let alone pay our rent and do everything else that we want to do. Um, and again, like you, we were making good money before, before this all happened. Um, it wasn't easy on the relationship, but I will also say that taking that leap and making that move, um, did solidify our relationship in a way that we had never had when we were about both, you know, working our, our nine to fives, um, because we had put our, ourselves at risk a little bit and taken that adventure on. So, um, we, we are a good support system for one another. So I, I consider myself one of the lucky ones. It doesn't mean it was easy and that there wasn't arguments and uh, sacrifices like travel. I mean, we were living in the Virgin Islands, so I couldn't complain too much, you know, and I'm like, okay, I want to go travel. I want to go here. And he's like, no, no, like we're in debt. We can't, you can't go travel right now. What are you talking about? So um, he's, he has always been very supportive of my entrepreneurs entrepreneurial spirit, um, which I'm very, very grateful for though. Um, and we just said, you know, when it got to a certain point where it's like, okay, we need to go get jobs. His business was doing better. So I said, you keep doing your business. I'm going to go out and get a job and then we're going to make this work. Um, when I hired my own first business coach and the second, you know, and <laughs> I think there's only been a couple. Um, but when I, I shelled out thousands on my own business coach, he said, you know what, if that's what you think that we need in order to be successful, then, then do it. So I do consider myself one of the lucky ones because I know people whose marriages have not survived entrepreneurship because it is tar It is really hard. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick break from this episode. Are you enjoying the stories so far? Would you like to know how to use storytelling and story selling in your business? Check the show notes down below or go to storyselling.how to grab my free mini course on story selling and start implementing this in your business right now. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Well, I think it's, I mean, you touched on a couple of things in there. Um, one, we balance each, like, I think every entrepreneur that is in a successful relationship has, it's a balance, right? It's somebody that's the yeah. entrepreneur and somebody's the support. Um, that doesn't mean that he, I mean, he has his own business, right? But mm -hmm. it, it kind of works that you balance each other out. I think the second thing is you're willing to listen to the other person. I think some people like it's call whatever <laughs> you want In today's society. You have people who are married, but I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. Right. And then it, when the entrepreneurship thing happens and you get up against the wall, instead of how can we support each other? Like you're ground. When you said grounded, I was like, you're grounded. You're staying in tonight. <laughs> right? And you could have been, you could have, you, there are two ways that anyone can handle that. Not you specifically, but 
you could say, okay, cool. I'm in this relationship. I'm going to listen to them. It's not easy. We might have some arguments. We might be stressed, but at the end of the day, we are together and we're going to support each other. And he obviously probably knows this better than I do. I'm not traveling. Or you could have said, screw that. I'm doing what I want. You don't know me. Like, and that's, I think that like people become resentful in relationships yeah. because they say the person is stopping me from doing something instead of the person is supporting me to do something. Um, Absolutely. And it's all how we look at it. So anyway, let's go to sunshine and roses. So you got some <laughs> business coaching. Obviously you're a business coach now. So you like that a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> what happened? Like, what was the thing that changed that caused the upward trajectory? Was it the business coaching? Was it just time in the marketplace? What happened? Um, you know, I think it was, it was a handful of things I'll admit. Um, first one is realizing the importance of relationships in business. Um, because like you said, you know, we model ourselves after these big brands that have millions of dollars and, think you can just go out and put up a billboard like McDonald's and then people will come. Well, that's not how it works. Um, it's about the relationships uh, very much. And, you know, after spending time building more relationships, we, we did see businesses start to rise and becoming, you know, parts of, you know, networking groups and communities and, and whatnot. Um, that really in itself was, was, and again, I knew this because I have been in sales and marketing. I was in sales and marketing for like 15 years before making this leap. So I know the importance of these things, but it, applying it to your own business for some reason is different. Um, <laughs> right. So that was, that was one big thing. Um, and then, yeah, getting business coaching, honestly, it was a game changer for me. And again, because it's not that I didn't know these things, but sometimes you just need that accountability. Um, and that's really what the biggest benefit I think of a business coach is, uh, is that you have that cheerleader in your corner always. And you have somebody who's done it, who's made the mistakes um, that keeps you from making mistakes and then keeps you on track with actually achieving your goals. And, you know, I've had a couple of coaches, uh, my most recent one though, she was, she was amazing. And, um, you know, I do credit her with a lot of my success um, and not because she put it, handed it to me, um, but she helped me to really change the way I looked at things. I mean, I honestly paying for business coaching is one of the things I always tell people like, they're like, Oh, but I'm in a mastermind or I have somebody that I meet with. I'm like, when you pay for something, you it's, you treat it differently. I don't care what, how much it is either. It can be a couple hundred bucks. It can be a couple thousand dollars. I've had business coaches that run the whole gamut. Um, <laughs> When you pay for something, one, yeah. you show up differently, but two, you also enact differently. Like you, you, if you're paying $2,000 a month for a gym membership, you're going to go to the gym every day. Right. You're going <laughs> to exactly. work out. You're going to do what your personal trainer tells you. Same thing goes with a business coach. It is one of the fastest ways. And I, I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine. I, I was, it wasn't a sales call. <laughs> and I was like, if you think about it, I was like, you, you've been trying to do this now for a year. You've said you're going to go get a job. What does it matter if you spend 5K on a business coach and you're not right. successful? In the scheme of things, 5K is not going to make or break you, but it will make you successful. And what do you lose if not? Like, I think it's exactly. an interesting conversation. So now what, like, so you, you hit the upward trajectory, you got the accountability, you started having some breakthroughs. What do you do now? Like talk because a lot of people are like, 
I, you probably get this. You're at your in-laws house. My family is always like, what do you do exactly? Like <laughs> you travel around the world and you meet people on zoom. Like how, how does that equate to, you know, half a million dollars? So my, like, I would love to know what you tell your in-laws who you're staying with. Like, what does life look like right now? Cause a lot of people don't get the business or the digital nomad thing and you smush it together and they, they really get confused. Yeah. Um, I'll say, and it's, I'm laughing because my mother-in-law actually said to me recently, like, I'm sorry, but I just, I don't really understand what you do. Like she likes all my stuff on social media, you know, and she sees it, but she doesn't really understand what I do. Um, so that's like, so ironic timing of you to, to say that. Um, but, you know, really when I, when I try to explain it to people and I, I think my family is finally starting to get it after a couple of years, you know, um, that what, what we do, it's helping people to, a, discover um, what their dreams truly are, because a lot of times it's just people come to me and they, they know that they want to start a business, but they don't know exactly what. Um, and then I also work with more established people to just that have been in their business, but they've just been spinning their wheels and they don't they don't know, you know how to get started um, or they find themselves stuck. Um, a lot. I deal with a lot of perfectionists. I think a lot of um, entrepreneurs are perfectionists and that are just stuck and they need somebody to help move them along. But yeah, I mean, I work on my computer, whether it's in an office, whether it's at my in-laws house, whether it's on the beach, which I actually don't recommend working on the beach. Um, it's not good for your computer, um, <laughs> but wherever it is. And yeah, it's usually via Zoom and I meet with people and we literally review their their businesses. Um, I, I do a lot in the sales and marketing realm with my coaching, um, but also a lot with mindset and just helping people to overcome that employee mindset to really come into their own as an entrepreneur. And that's the biggest part of, you know, that, that transformation that we make with people. And this is how I try to explain it to my family is I help people transform their lives from that employee mindset into becoming a business owner and building a profitable and scalable business model so that they can support themselves with consistent profits uh, instead of, you know, just a little here, a little there, um, and actually live the life they want and have the freedom that they want to live and work from anywhere, whether that is as a digital nomad or not. And yes, parent, you know, my parents are almost 70. My in-laws are in their 60s. Yeah, they don't, what the heck is a digital nomad? They have no idea. Um, even, you know, sometimes people that I coach that, you know, if they're not, you know, Gen, Gen Z or millennials, you know, they don't necessarily know, know that term. Um, but ultimately the goal of everybody that I work with is they want more freedom. They want more freedom That's, in their life and they want control. So. I think that is the, at the end of the day, the word freedom is the thing that drives anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, anyone who wants to leave corporate. So I think it's really interesting. And I, this, this is more of a conversation, I guess, but the, with COVID I've, yeah. I've had a lot of conversations with people who knew what I did and they want to not work for a company, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that they necessarily want to be an entrepreneur either. Like they're, mm-hmm. They're very security minded, right? Yeah, that's Which, a challenge. 
Right. And that that's the conversation that I've had. I'm said, you know, it's not that you hate, you love going to work. You love the security of a paycheck. You just don't like who you work for right now. Do you really, I'm like, if you, because the, the, I would love to know the, like one, do you think that most employees could go from being an employer, being employed, an employee to being a successful entrepreneur and be happy? Because I don't, I think a lot of people, I dated a woman during COVID and she hated her job because of COVID. She hated going in. She hated having to wear a mask. She hated working on Zoom. Oh, maybe, maybe you can help me start a business. And I said, but she hated how, like, she was just like, I, I don't know how you like get up every morning and like, you don't know that you're having a paycheck on Friday. I said, well, I know I have one because I know how to go generate business. Right. And, um, <laughs> But she just was like, I like that just stresses me out just thinking about it. I was like, you're probably not cut out to own a business. And that caused some some tension. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't think she would have been successful as a entrepreneur. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that whole like. Do you ever yeah. do you ever get on a, a call with somebody and you're like. No, no, this isn't like you should. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I do a pre-screening, you know, call, um, before I even do like the full, like hour call where I try to get someone to work with me because that's part of it. Like if they're not in it for the right reasons, they're not going to be successful. And as a coach, I want to be successful. And if I'm working with somebody who I know isn't cut out for entrepreneurship, I'm just setting myself up to fail as well as them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to just blow smoke because I want money and make them think like, oh yeah, you can do this and it'll be amazing because at the end of the day, um, they're not going to be happy and they're not going to be a good entrepreneur. And I'm going to go back to my husband. I said, yes, with the furniture business, he's great at the, the design and the building and all of, all of this, the art stuff. Um, that if I wasn't there doing it, you know, the marketing and the sales and that, that kind of stuff, he probably would hate it too. Um, he likes the freedom, but he doesn't like the other things that come along with it. (laughs) Well, he's a doer, right? Like there, there are people who greatly enjoy the doing of the thing. Mm -hmm. They, and like, I've seen copy, a lot of, a lot of people fall into that. I've seen copywriters. I've seen graphic designers. I've seen a lot of website designers, right? They want to own a business, but they hate everything that has anything to do with not building a website. Oh, I have to market. I hate that. I have to do billing. Oh, I hate that. I have to do taxes. I hate that. I hate bookkeeping. Uh-huh. I hate having conversations with people. I just want to build websites. Cool. Go work for a business. You can go work for a business and make six figures doing that. You are going to be way happier because yeah, I like yeah. doing all the different things. Like that get some, I mean, there are things, do I like doing taxes? No. Do I like the novelty of like, oh shit, I got 50 things on my to-do list. Let's prioritize and figure it out. And this goes over here and I'm going to delegate this to this person. Like that, that gets me excited. Whereas most people I think are like, screw that. I just want to. Yeah, exactly. Most people are like, no, I I just, I don't. And yep, it's so true. Some people are just better off, you know, and that's okay. It's okay to not be someone who's meant to be an entrepreneur. Um, It's okay to, um, you know, like your, uh, your job and to be okay with that. Or yeah, like you said with, um, you know, the girl here today, or maybe it's just that you don't enjoy the job that you have, but you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur because like with me, yeah, I, 
I constantly, it, it's not, an, it's an ongoing list. I have a brain dump list. I call, <laughs> you know, every week of things that I need to do. And I pick and choose each day kind of what goes on that um, because the, the to-do list are, is never ending. I like to call it the to-da list, you know, cause it's just, yeah, to-do I mean, is, is, is no fun. <laughs> if you're looking at YouTube, this is my to-do list for today. Yeah, and like exactly. <laughs> five things off of there are going to get done. I have to prioritize it. And then every day it kind of shifts. And like, I have a love hate relationship with it there. I'm like, Nyeh. but then you do it and you're <laughs> like, okay, this is fun. Life's never boring. So the question that I have for you is what, in your opinion, is the number one trait that makes entrepreneurs either successful or not successful? Like, what is the thing? I've asked this of a lot of people, but I think you, I mean, you, you've coached a lot of people. So you see what gets people successful or, and then we're going to flip the question. I'm going to ask you, what's the biggest thing that holds them back, but what's the biggest trait that you see that day in, day out, if this person has it, they will be successful. A positive attitude, honestly, because if they believe that they can do something, no matter how hard it gets, they're still willing to, to try and do it. Um, they can, and it really, it's about mindset because the thing is, if you tell yourself, you know what, this is hard, but I can do it. You can, and that's, what's going to happen. But if you tell yourself, I can't do this, you're right. No matter what you say, you're right. Um, yeah. it's not, you know, it's all about your mindset and what you believe you're capable of. And the people that believe that they are capable of more absolutely are. And they're the ones that are going to succeed. One of, uh, one of the first interviews I watched, well, maybe it wasn't the first, I think it was like three or four years ago. It was with the, um, the founder of Mastro's Steakhouse. Now he owns like a whole bunch of stuff. He's, he's worth like three and a half billion with a B oh. <laughs> and his in the interview, like you see him first off and you're like, that guy doesn't own businesses. Like he just doesn't seem like that fits him. But the second thing was, he was like, it's really about how many times you can get not care and you just keep moving forward like you just mm -hmm. get punched and you get punched and he's like you just have to not care about it because you have your eye on the goal and he was like yep. you can take way more than you think that you can it all has to do with mindset the other one is the saying that you said whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right I just wanted to take a short break from this episode and let you know about one of the biggest secrets I have found when it comes to converting webinars. If you have a webinar and it's not converting as well as you want, or if you're thinking about building a webinar and you want to grab this tip, it has helped numerous people. One of my clients, we actually doubled their conversion rate just by implementing this one simple step. And you can grab it at deathtobadwebinars.com or by clicking in the show notes below. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Yep, exactly. So let me flip it around then and say, when you coach somebody, what is the number one thing? I don't think you can say mindset here because if you coach them, they already have a positive mindset. So what's the number one like tactic, tip, switch, thing that you flip for them that really helps them get results? Um, I think it's really comes down to sorting through the clutter and being able to prioritize and understanding that you can't do everything all at once. Um, and those people that there's some people that just they see that giant list that you just showed me of your to do's and they just get overwhelmed and they shut down. Um, 
it's not that they don't believe they can do it, but they get so overwhelmed by the, their anxiety around it. Um, and they're not able to work through it. And yeah, I know you said, I can't say mindset, but it does really come back to, to mindset. Um, because that negative mindset does creep in, you know, I, it's one of the questions I ask people before I even take them on as a client is, are you willing to remain positive? And of course they say yes, because if they didn't, I wouldn't work with them. Um, but then you get in there and it's just like, oh, I can't, I can't. When those that use the word, the, the phrase, I can't in their vocabulary, those are the people that they just don't believe. And for the most part, I'm good at deterring people from using that. And those that are willing to work with me and not push against me. Um, there's some people, time management is huge. And I, I can't control their time because I can't be with them every second. But those who prioritize their time and make sure that they're getting the things they need to be getting done, done, those are the ones that are moving forward and that can realize they don't have to do everything. I call it the MVP, the minimum viable product. The people that really can grasp that concept when we work through it, those people succeed. Those that are just like, but no, I need to have a website. I need to have be on all of the social media platforms. I need this. I need that. I need, no, you don't. And if you can't understand that, you are going to set yourself up to fail. Like, and every time that's, those are the people who don't succeed. <laughs> I mean, I have, you can't see it, but I have a sign above my desk that says, what can I get rid of? Like, what can I remove? Um, anyone that's listening to this and is like, but I, I have to be everywhere. I'll just share. I mean, you might, if you're listening, you might've heard this before. Last year, we spent over 30K on Facebook ads. This year I left Facebook. I do zero social media and my business has more than doubled. You don't need to be on social media. You don't, I mean, I'm not saying that that may not be the lever for you if you're listening, but to Lori's point, it is about picking what is important mm -hmm. and sticking with that. And like my to-do list every day, the question that I ask is, is this one, is this something that I said I was going to do? If it's a client call mm -hmm. that I have to show up for or a commitment that I made, then that mm -hmm. has to get done. If it's right. not a commitment, then it's, does this drive revenue? Absolutely. Because that at the end of the day, that is, does a website drive revenue? Like, and it, you might be listening to this. I would love your thoughts on this because I know you have a framework. My framework is, does it drive revenue? And people say, well, but a website would drive revenue. Does it drive direct revenue today? That's the first question that I ask. If it's tape stuff on the walls or make some printouts or organize stuff or do laundry, does laundry drive revenue? No, I can go hire somebody to do that. Or I can do that when I sleep or I can wear dirty clothes tomorrow. I'm on zoom. Like I don't <laughs> right? do that. I'm, I'm very time. Like I'm, I'm very time organized. Like people who know me know that, but the, at the end of the day, like that to-do list, that's how I prioritize. How do you help people do that? Cause I bet you have a method that is better than mine. Like I'm going to do laundry or not do laundry. <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, is it driving, driving revenue? And at the beginning, you know, most of these people are starting out on their own. They're doing everything themselves. They don't have assistants. They don't have social media managers. They don't have web designers. Like they're doing everything themselves. So it really is about priority. And even, you know, in the way that I set up my programs, it's building the base, knowing what your priorities are in your life and in your business and setting your business up accordingly. Um, it's also not being in all of the places and realizing, like you said, that not everything is needed. Um, I am a believer in social media for business, um, especially when they're starting out. 
um, but not Facebook ads. I think you can do it organically without ads. And I think that there's a time and a place for ads when you get scale to that level. If you're at a point where you're spending $30,000 on ads, you've scaled, you know, um, and you've probably scaled your business to the point where you don't need social media anymore because you have enough business coming from other outlets, but they don't need to be on all the platforms. You need to pick one, prioritize one. Where are your people? Where are the people that you, you know, your ideal clients, uh, and that is the platform that you need to be on. Um, once you have a team and you have more people and more, you know, resources, then you can expand to more if you want. But what's the point of being on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and everything if your people are only on Facebook or they spend 90% of their time on Facebook? What's the purpose of doing all those other things? It's just busy work. Um, so, you know, I help people to, to really have those realizations in terms of their clients. Also, we work through figuring out where their clients are so that they're prioritizing that um, and setting goals that are actionable um, so that they can actually reach them and set tasks that go along with those goals so that they can reach them and not just continue pushing them out further and further. Yeah, that's, I mean, the having a timeline to accomplish a goal and I think helping people not be overwhelmed. Let's break mm -hmm. it down. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Let's just <laughs> this. The, um, I mean, I don't disagree with your thoughts on social media. That's what I used to tell people. And it's still what I tell people. I'm like, pick where people are. If they're on Instagram, be on Instagram. If they're on Facebook, be on Facebook. The one that's non-negotiable for me is email. Um, yeah, absolutely. You have to email. And it, I, people are like, email's dead. I have, a, I have almost a 30% open rate on a more than 10K list. People read it. And I send, I send email almost every day. Um, the but it's about quality it's about being right. who you are and it you should be doing you should be doing something you have to do something to bring in business i just speak right. i tend to do a lot of group presentations and a lot of stuff like that mm -hmm. but it's that's where i feel good the the reason that i think trying to be everywhere is a failure and i'm sure you've seen this is yeah. if it stresses you out and you hate doing it and you're like pulling your hair out because you're yeah. trying to be everywhere and do everything <laughs> like that's how you get that's how you cross things off the list like, does this stress me out and do I hate doing it? And how much revenue are you really getting from posting on Pinterest? Well, then don't right, do exactly. it. <laughs> I've heard the argument. I, we could probably talk all night about this, but I've heard the argument from people like, well, but it's just multi-purposing stuff from other platforms. Yeah. But do you like doing it? Is it taking time off of it? Yeah. Like when you could be actually calling somebody, I think this is the, this is the thing that I used to highlight when I did business coach, like, are you doing that because you would it's easier than picking up the phone and calling somebody like, why don't you pick up the phone and have a conversation like a sales conversation? Oh no, no, no. I'm going to post on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and like, just call them. Like you've got a whole list of leads of people that said they might like something you have. Oh, but I can't talk to them. That's uh, anyway, I'm sure you have those. So tell us a little bit. You have a freebie. Tell us about your freebie. I do. I do. It is um, a, the 90 days to cash flow blueprint checklist uh, um, that will just give you the framework that you need as well as, you know, just take you through the steps of what it takes to build a successful business from step one all the way you know through. Um, and to be able to get you to a point where you're so it's 90 days to cash flow is, is the name. Um, so that you are actually at a point where you can see cash flow coming into your business within 90 days. 
Um, and I set up, this is the framework that I teach in my program, both my one-on-ones, my group programs. Um, and it's the, the framework that I give to people for free because it is what you need to build a successful business, starting with building the base of your business and really understanding, like I said, the why behind well, why you're doing it. Does it include building a website? Um, you know, it does eventually. Um, but, uh, like you said, a website, it's about revenue drivers and I'm a remote based entrepreneur. I'm not location specific. So a website for me, like is secondary. My own website needs some work right now, but that's not where the majority of my business is coming from. So it's not a priority. My email list on the other hand is a priority because that's where you can drive people. That's where you nurture your leads. Now, if you are a brick and mortar business, I will say a website is more important, but in terms of online business owners, that is not number one. You don't need a business card. You don't need a logo. You don't need a website. That's not going to get you anywhere. You need to know why you're there. You need to know who you serve, who, you know, the solution you provide, who wants it. Um, and how do you reach those people and actually talk to them and build relationships with them? Because that's, what's going to drive your revenue. That is exactly right. The, uh, I mean, I can't say it any better. Um, I don't think you need a website at all. I have one, but just like yours, it could use some help. All my income comes through my email list, getting on a call with me, or if I have a sales page, it still goes through the email. They've been warmed up. They've come to an event and that's all you need. And you can do all of that for free. Like there's, you can, Awesome. Lori, it has been great having you on. Um, this has been a pretty wide ranging conversation. Thanks for being a great yes, sport. You. <laughs> so your 90 days to cash flow is linked in the show notes. If people want to find you online, where should they go? Um, they can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is Zennial Traveler and that starts with an X. That's the name of my, my company. X-E-N-N-I-A-L Traveler, one L U.S. spelling, not European. <laughs> that is also linked in the show notes down below. Check out Lori wherever she's at. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest and playing along with me. It was super fun having you on. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. No problem. My pleasure to everybody else out there. Until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.